Parents at Work podcast, a podcast for the modern parent working in the modern world. Join us as we interview leading experts in their fields to unveil the secrets working parents need to succeed at work. Welcome to the Parents at Work podcast. This is a podcast for people who want to succeed and thrive at work while they have kids. My name is Tom Spiggle, and I'm with the Spiggle Law Firm, and our firm is sponsoring this podcast. We empower people who have been wrongfully fired or afraid that they might be. And I am joined today by my co-host, Lori Mihalik-Levin, who is uh, also an attorney and who has the groundbreaking program, Mindful Return. So Lori, I'll let you jump in and introduce yourself and tell us about what you've got going on. Thanks, Tom. It's great to be here with you today. Yeah, Mindful Return is a program that helps new parents transition back to work after parental leave. And there are a whole bunch of employers, around 50 at this point, that offer it as a parental leave benefit. But I'm so excited that we're here today to talk to three amazing moms who all work in the human resources field. This is following up on you know, last month we talked to some amazing mom and dad lawyers, and this month we're here to focus on amazing mom and dad HR professionals. And so I'm really looking forward to hearing their stories. I want to tell you a little bit about each of them before we take away the conversation here. First of all, we have Kelly Sizemore, who works as an HR manager at Kimley Horn, a design consulting firm where she manages the women's initiative focused on recruiting, developing, and retaining women. She lives in Apex, North Carolina with her husband and their five-year-old son and two-year-old daughter. Second, we've got Keisha Lettington, mom of two who has over nine years of experience in human resources and currently works as a part-time HR consultant with One Digital. And then last but not least, we have Heather De La Riva, who is the director of virtual outsourcing at Nonprofit HR. The division she's working in has grown by over 800% during her six-year tenure. Heather resides in upstate New York with her husband, Nicholas, and her two daughters, Vivian, who is four, and Gabriella, who is two. Heather, let's start off with you. And I'm curious if you can just tell us a little bit about your own working parent story. Sure, I'd be happy to. just want to thank you, Lori and Tom, for inviting us to have this important conversation today. As a working mom, it's something like, just like with HR, I kind of fell into it. You know, for, I had been a working professional for just over, you know, 10, 12 years prior to becoming a mom. I kind of put career first and decided that we were going to to focus on family once we'd established those pieces. And so in returning to work after having my first daughter, really had to find that work-life balance of how to go about ensuring that I was able to meet the needs of my team and division, but also really trying to ensure that my daughter, you know, really had what she needed as well, especially being born as a six-week preemie. And so really kind of took the opportunity and realized in order to be successful in coming back to the workforce, really had to be even more thoroughly planned and thoughtful with my approach, being more and more planned out, but also effective and efficient in the time that I was utilizing for the work that needed to be done. And also really having candid conversations with my supervisor as well as the firm about what I needed in order to be successful in returning to work as well. And so in doing some of those things really found some of the balance between the two 
one of the great things that I have the opportunity to do is that I work from home. And so that's been extremely helpful. So while it is full time, I don't have the need to be commuting. So that's helped greatly in my return to work. But it's been a real interesting story, especially once my second daughter came along 16 months later, to continue to find that balance. And if I didn't feel like I was finding it, to be making that a priority of how I was going to achieve that as well and really focusing in on it. Great. Thanks, Heather. Yeah, um, I definitely can relate to a lot of what you said, including the second child definitely changes dynamics. We have a saying in our house that one plus one equaled 85 for a while. It was really a bending things. I can also imagine that six-week preemie would complicate things on the parental leave front in terms of taking a leave earlier than you thought. So I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that. But let's turn now to Keisha. Keisha, can you tell us a little bit about your working parent story? And welcome to the podcast. Absolutely. And thank you to you and Tom as well for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Um, So my story is, I guess, a little bit different. I am a mom of two, and I'm a mom via adoption. So I worked full-time just like Heather prior to the birth of my first child. Um, And then after my first child was born, I did reduce my hours. Um, So I went to, I was still technically full-time, but I went to a 32-hour schedule and attempted to have Fridays off. It did not always work. And then after my second was born, Lori mentioned, life completely changes. And One, I was not prepared to have my second child. And two, when, you know, after he was born, I really did not feel like I was ready to go back to work. And so I actually called my boss and tried to quit. Um, She did not allow me to quit. And instead, we worked out an agreement where I went part time. Uh, And so for about a year, I worked part time, working about 15 to 20 hours. And that was definitely very, very challenging. There were a lot of changes within the organization. And then we kind of hit this perfect storm where there were changes within the organization. I had the daycare provider was no longer able to watch our children. And one of my children just needed me more than ever before. And so my husband and I made a decision to actually that I would stay at home for a short period of time. So I actually quit my job and I was stay at home mom for about six months. And then I transitioned back into doing a little bit of consulting on my own, uh, working as an independent contractor. And then I was able to land my current position about six months ago. And it's very similar work to what I was doing before. But the difference is, is within this organization, most of the HR consultants are actually working part-time. And so it's been a very different feel kind of coming in and setting those boundaries from the start. Thanks, Keisha. Yeah, it sounds like you've had a lot of opportunity to navigate negotiations along the way and all these different permutations. It also really shows your value that your boss was unwilling to let you just step aside, which is somewhat reassuring in some sense, right? When you say, oh, well, I, they did actually appreciate what I was doing before I left here to have a baby. And last but not least, I want to turn it over to Kelly to tell us a little bit about your story as a working mom. And thank you for joining us today as well, Kelly. Sure. Thank you, Lori and Tom, for having me. 
So I had been working for about nine years in HR um, when I had my first child and or had been with Kimley Horn that long and um, sort of fell into HR as I think, you know, Heather mentioned, but just love the aspect of working with people. And so been doing that for a while, but had only been in a regional HR manager for a couple of years when my first son, Brooks, was born in 2014. And over maternity leave, I was thinking a lot about, you know, what work and life were going to look like when I came back and was getting really nervous and probably having some of the same kind of thoughts as as Keisha, you know, in terms of should I even be doing this? And so a couple of weeks before my maternity leave ended, I came into the office and brought my son to visit, but also met with our director of HR and our regional leader, who were sort of like my bosses or supervisors at the time. And I felt like a sleep-deprived hormonal wreck. And it was just not a great conversation because, you know, thinking about coming back, it was just wrapping my mind around that. And I was saying to them, I'm not sure I can work full-time, at least initially, but I don't know what that means for me and for the firm and for the role that I was in. Um, It was a pretty demanding role, especially with travel across our region. And they were just so great. I think I caught them off guard a little bit. So I learned, you know, about having some of those conversations before going out, if possible. But they were just so understanding and said, we would rather have some of you than none of you, meaning they wanted me here in a, in some sort of capacity rather than leaving the firm. And that's really become sort of our mantra with our working parents going forward is these are really great people. So let's find a way to keep them, even if they don't feel like they can stay in the role they're in or, you know, the schedule they were working. So I moved over to a corporate HR role, which just worked out very well because it was a need we had actually had for quite a while to have more support in that regard. And as luck would have it, we rolled out our women's initiative the same year that I moved into the corporate role. So I got to start to manage that and roll that out. And so that's been a really meaningful part of my role since then. Um, I have been on a reduced schedule. And so that's given me and my family a little bit more of the flexibility that we were looking for. And I've moved those up, those hours up and down over time, just depending on what's going on at life and at work. That's great. Thanks so much, Kelly. And I love the allusion to having your experience also affect the mantras and how you work with other employees at the organization, right? Having some of you rather than none of you can apply across the board, which I love. I'm going to hand it over to Tom now. Yes, great. Thanks. This is all very interesting stuff. You know, and we talked some about this on the last podcast, but I mean, it really does illustrate the point, you know, having small children, while at the time it may seem like it's never going to end, uh, at least the trying parts of it, it does, right? I mean, our my youngest now is six and, you know, she's not quite ready to handle the car keys, but, you know, she can make it up and down the steps. She can take care of herself, at least in the basics. And it makes a big difference. And so it is, you know, it's an important but temporary window in your life. And, you know, in terms of the having multiple, so we have four and I will say that, you know, our experience and everybody's different. Like after we had had two, it almost didn't matter. <laughs> the rest of them were just, we were already in uh, complete free fall at that point. So the other two really didn't affect things so much. So that does make a difference having as the, after the first one. All right. Well, let me get on to my questions. Let me circle back to you, Heather. Tell me what attracted you to your, your role in HR in the first place and whether in choosing that career, you had any consideration for that you might have a family and how that would fit? 
Sure. You know, I think I shared a little bit earlier that I kind of fell into HR, which is something that I hear from numerous people as I'm interviewing potential candidates to work for us or just talking to colleagues within HR. I really started by creating content for a conferencing company and my area of expertise happened to be human resources when they hired me and that was the area I was going to be working in. And when I did that work, I was meeting a lot of practitioners, everyone from, you know, chief human resource officers to recruiters to generalists and really got a good flavor and understanding around the life cycle of HR and what they were doing in the field. And so I kind of took the jump and started doing recruiting and really felt a strong passion and an interest to learn more and more of what a generalist did and then kind of started my transition into generalist work by becoming an HR director at a nonprofit and building a team and and growing that team and the employees at that organization. And when we got to the point where we decided that, you know, the organization had really grown and I'd done what I could in that role, I really made an intentional decision and felt that doing work within HR consulting would really be a good fit for me. And that was for a couple of different reasons. We were at a point in our marriage where we thought that, you know, children were coming in a relatively in the near future. And also, I really felt like I wanted to have and be able to touch multiple organizations and gain a broader perspective on HR than just what one organization could offer. And so in looking at wanting to have flexibility, but also wanting to have a challenging career that I felt I could really grow in, HR consulting seemed to be like the perfect mix for that opportunity. And so at that point, about six years ago, I came on board to nonprofit HR as an HR business partner and a consultant and the person who was leading their virtual engagements and working to grow that team. And so it allotted for the flexibility that I felt I really needed in order to kind of walk down or really start to open the door to thinking about becoming a parent and what I would need to support me in order to feel that I had what I needed on both ends for both career as well as with kids. Great. Thanks so much, Heather. All right, Keisha, same question for you. What drew you to the field of HR? And when you chose it, did you have any consideration at that time about how it might affect work-life balance? Or I know Lori doesn't affect the bill, you know, having a family. Let's put it that way. <laughs> there is no balance. So my story is actually very similar to Heather's. I fell into HR. I did not go to school thinking that I wanted to be in human resources. My prior career, I was actually in healthcare, and after getting my master's in healthcare management, I talked to my prior employer, and my role was created as a compliance specialist, and that role over time really became an HR generalist role, and kind of how I landed on the consulting side, um, very similar to Heather, I was looking to broaden my career. It was purely a career move. I was not thinking about children, but I was looking to kind of deepen my experience and work with multiple organizations. And so that's kind of how I got into the consulting world. But when I was in my most recent job search for my current role, I really was very intentional about how 
the role would fit into my life as mom. Uh, because I realized that I had to be mom first before I could be a working mom. And so I was very intentional looking for a role that would be part-time and would allow me the flexibility that I needed. Yeah, I, we've heard that story, that kind of experience a lot. You know, people don't necessarily choose their profession because they anticipate having kids, but they later make you know changes to their career or their career trajectory in anticipation, you know, starting a family. All right. Thanks so much, Keisha. All right, Kelly, your turn. So how did you choose the HR profession? And when you chose it, were you thinking about children? I was not, but I was drawn to HR because I really enjoy working with people and helping people. And I also like the business setting. So in college, it just kind of came together for me that that would be a great fit and started to pursue that. So I didn't have any, I guess, a lot of thoughts about having children at that point, but also didn't have any concerns with being in an HR role and having a family where my concerns and doubts came in was working for a consultant firm and professional services and just the demands and the expectations that came along or do come along with that. And it's something I love about our industry and our firm, but you also can make things a bit challenging as it relates to life and family. And so thankfully I had read Lean In within before that year of having my first child and really stuck with me the whole like don't leave before you leave and you know ask for what you need and give it a shot. And so you know, decided to to try it out and see how things would go. And like I said, I was pleasantly surprised to have a lot of support in just needing to sort of reshape my role and, and my schedule and things like that. But, you know, I was also kind of nervous about being, I was the youngest HR manager in that role and thinking, well, if I leave the role, will that look like I failed? And so many people were so supportive to me just to say, not at all, but in a way you're paving that path for other people to see that there's lots of different ways that you can do this and be successful. And, you know, from then on out, I've looked at my career more as the jungle gym instead of the ladder. So, you know, moving around into different projects and different things that I feel like I can provide, you know, good input into and also work with what I need at that time. And so, you know, standing there six years ago, I wouldn't have known that I would have been here, but it's really fun to look back and see that, that it's all worked out and just, you know, ask for what you need. And that really helps a lot. Great. A jungle gym rather than a ladder. I love that. I'm going to be stealing that line. I think that applies to a lot of people in the workforce today, right? I mean, not just people with families, but how our career trajectories are going. I think that's a great way to describe it. All right, Lori, I will hand the baton back to you. Great. Thanks. And Kelly, I'm going to stick with you for this question first. I guess I also read Lean In when I was on leave with my second child, and it definitely had an impact on me in many ways. I know it has you know, mixed reviews in some sense, but the concept of not leaving before you leave definitely resonated with me, as did some of the other advice on, say, sharing parental responsibilities really early on so that the roles at home get defined early too. Aside from Lean In, though, my question for you is, if you're talking to somebody who's not a mom in HR, whether it's someone who might become a mom in the HR industry one day, or maybe talking to someone who is, you know, a peer or someone older even, how would you describe what it's like to be a mom in HR these days? 
Sure. You know, for me, I think it's really exciting to be a mom in HR right now, just because there's so much more emphasis within the HR community and just across the country on how we can support people where they are, you know, that their whole self. And so, you know, as a mom, I think about that, whether it's a mom or dad, being a working parent and helping to support them through that journey with the types of benefits they may need or just support in the workforce and just being willing to talk to people about that experience. So, you know, I feel like every day I see a different article or blog post or something like that about resources that companies are adding to support their working parents and, you know, talk about paid leave and help with daycare cost and those types of things. And as an HR practitioner who's really focused on our people and wanting to support them and do what it takes to help them be successful, it's an exciting time. And for me and my role being a working mom at Kimley Horn. And like I said, being able to manage our women's initiative lift, it's been really fulfilling that I can support other women and dads as well who are going through some of these same things, the exciting times and maybe the struggles or the frustrations. So exciting is the word that I would use. That's great. I hadn't really thought of how fulfilling that might be to be able to draw on your own experiences and use that to support the communities that you're serving. And I can totally see it. Thank you, Kelly. Keisha, turning to you, what would you say it's like to be a mom in the HR industry these days? So I like to think that, you know, motherhood and HR really go hand in hand. And really this, a lot of the skill sets, um, you're just building upon those that you use within motherhood, negotiation, empathy, listening. You're using those same skill sets at your HR desk. I think one of the challenges, though, is I got called out on this a couple of weeks ago was to remember that you're not everyone's mother, right? So it's easy to want to kind of just keep everybody in, but, but really you're still a professional and having to maintain that balance there. That's a great reminder. Thanks, Keisha. And over to you, Heather. How would you describe what it's like to be a mom in HR? Yeah, I think that I liked Keisha and Kelly's points that there's a lot of similarities, you know, to looking at to motherhood and HR. I think that, you know, becoming a mom has really allowed me to take a more comprehensive and holistic look at my team and what their needs are, not just from supporting, you know, mothers and fathers, but all of our employees have unique and special and individualized needs that they might, you know, need help with. And it's really allowed me to ask much more so about how can I support you and what do you need to be successful in your role, whether they're dealing with an aging parent or a trying health situation or a lot of different things. I think the motherhood hat has really provided a lot more empathy on my end and in looking at how we can best make people successful no matter how what they might need. That's a great point. Yeah, integrating work and life is not just a parenthood thing. And good to remember that everybody has aspects of life that they want to be involved in and need to be taken care of around. Great point. Okay, back to you, Tom. Right. Thanks, Lori. All right, Heather, we're going to keep you on the hot seat for a minute. I want to ask you some of the nitty gritty about, you know, being a parent in your industry. And my first question is, so when you return to work, what workplace supports did you find particularly helpful when you became a working parent? Yeah, 
I think that's a great question. I think that, you know, working for an organization that really supports employees wholly and has a culture where you're able to openly communicate and talk about what you need to be successful is extremely helpful whenever you're returning to work. And I've been really blessed to have the opportunity to work at nonprofit HR where we put people in the needs that they have first. And so I think one of the biggest workplace supports was just knowing that I could reach to my colleagues, to my boss, to our owner and founder, and really, you know, just outline what I needed and what would allow me to be successful in coming back to the role and and how I could continue to lead the team in an effective way, while also, you know, being a new mom. And so while I came back full time, at first I came back where I was really working Monday through Thursday and having Fridays off. And, you know, as we worked through that schedule, it was a great opportunity those first three months to really bring me back into the workplace and ease me in. I felt like I was able to have extra time with Vivi and get that opportunity, which was a great opportunity in order to kind of integrate her into a new setting in daycare and kind of our new normal. And so I found that to be really helpful too. The other piece that was really helpful on our end, and it's not always possible in every workforce, is we really work towards results or what are the outcomes that we need to achieve. And if that can't be done, you know, within nine to five and it needs to be flexible and maybe you need to work a half day and do something in the evening, the flexibility to focus on just results and outcomes versus what are the hours I'm working was really helpful to me as I integrated back within our culture. I think that those are excellent points. Well, let me ask you the flip side. Were there any workplace supports as you were coming back as a new mom that you thought were going to be important to you that just turned out not to be as important? I don't know if I looked at it that way, or I don't think that there was anything that I felt like I needed that wasn't there, vice versa. I think it was really digging into the culture and having the supportive culture that was so key for me. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. What do you think, I mean, looking forward, what supports did you not have coming back that you think new parents in your field should have? Yeah, we have a couple of clients that have kind of a working parents group. It's almost like, you know, a group that you can self-select into. They typically, I've seen them meet anywhere from every month to twice monthly. Some of them meet quarterly. They kind of set their own schedule, but it's a more formalized group that really meets to provide support. Some of them have little newsletters or additional ways that they can support each other as working parents. So learning the tips of the trade, maybe from some people who've been working parents longer uh, than others, or just talking about ideas or, or things that have happened. I found that's been really helpful at several of our clients that have a large population of working parents and something that they really enjoyed. I also have had a couple of clients been interested in Lori's Mindful Return, and I think that that's also a really great opportunity for working parents to help to reintegrate as well. Thanks, Heather. Lori, this is really your bailiwick. Do you want to jump in and say anything about these support groups? Yeah, thanks for turning it over to me for a second, Tom. So I have somewhat been a serial founder of these working parent groups, having started one at a prior employer and also at the law firm where I am now. And I helped to co-found and currently co-chair one of these working parent 
professional networks or employee resource groups. And I guess the one thing I'd say, Heather, for your clients who have them and anyone who's listening who has these groups, I've started a Google group email list of the leaders of working parent groups so that we can all talk to each other and share ideas about programming and speakers and that sort of thing. So feel free to reach out to me if that's something that you'd like to tap into. I can say only very, very positive things about how supportive these groups have been for me personally. They've been great both for getting tips and advice on parenthood, as you suggest, Heather, but also as really great business networking opportunities. I've, you know, definitely gotten to work on different matters within my law firm because I went to the working parent group events. So I'm a huge fan of them. And please feel free to reach out to me at Lori at mindfulreturn.com if you're interested in joining this email list. Back to you, Tom. Thanks. And that's a great point, Lori, that I hadn't considered, but makes complete sense about these groups. I mean, obviously, they have a number of many, you know, just really terrific benefits. But one of the difficulties, at least in the past, of being a working parent is it's sort of, um, I mean, if you want to see your kids, it sort of shuts you out from at least the typical networking events, you know, the happy hours, you know, the golf course, all the things that new parents or parents of young children just have trouble making. So I think that's genius to, you know, to marry those two. And, you know, you're learning about, you know, being at work with, with kids, and it's also a networking opportunity, you know, chance to bond with other folks. So that's cool. I have a colleague who says the playground is the new golf course. And I kind of think of, you know, the working parent group is the way for, you know, us to bond over the kids and the playground idea. And it is a great networking opportunity. Yeah. Well, you know, it's really, you're sort of in the foxhole together, you know, so it's an obvious place to sort of bond and make an emotional connection to people, which is, you know, also the way you build business relationships. So that's a great point. All right, Kelly, I'm going to jump to you and ask you the, the same questions. When you went back as a new mom, what did you find particularly helpful in terms of support at your job? Sure. Thank you. So there were a number of things that we were starting to implement at that time that I was fortunate to be able to benefit from. And one of those that I've seen be the most successful here is what we call a mom buddy program. So we put together a list of women who have been through the maternity and return whole, they've lived that dream before and, you know, live to tell about it and are doing well here and want to be a resource to others. And so we've got a list that we now present to the those who are expecting or new moms and say, you know, here are women that would love to be a resource to you. And sometimes we try to match them up with somebody based on their years of experience or their practice area or their personal situation, you know, spouse that travels or something like that. But that I think has just been invaluable to see for these women to see, you know, I'm not alone. And, you know, here's somebody, even if they didn't have the exact same path that I have or that I will, I can bounce ideas off of them and I can get advice from them. I was certainly going to add that the Mindful Return program has been very important and impactful both for myself. I was able to take it with my second child when I was on leave, but also for a number of our women. So, I can um, certainly put a plug in for that. And then the other thing I think that our company has done a good job with and that I've just really appreciated is flexibility. And, you know, Heather was speaking to this as well, but just that ability to get your job done when you can, even if it means you can't be in the office necessarily during the core hours every day. And then along those lines, either alternate schedules for us or reduced schedules so that, you know, you feel like you can still contribute to the level that other people are just maybe early in the morning 
morning or later in the evening or something like that. But um, just the trust and support from the company, for myself and others to know that that we're going to get the job done um, whenever we can find time to squeeze those things in. Yeah, that's great. Does the buddy program, do you find that dads are interested in that too? Do you offer that to men? You know, that's a great question. We have not. I think we've had some informal type of buddy setups with our dads, you know, people who've reached out and said, you know, I'd love to, to connect with another dad, but I like that idea. I'm going to take that back and see what we can do with that because I think it would certainly benefit them as well. Yeah, sure. And I think, you know, because fathers have their own unique experience with it. And I think, it, you know, I think this is getting better, but men have, you know, historically, you know, not availed themselves of leave, not done the things to get the support that, you know, that they need to. So I think those kinds of programs would be great for men. Well, let me ask you the follow-up question. And if there's not, you didn't have this experience, that's certainly fine. But was there anything when you were coming back to work that you thought, you know, this is going to be a really important thing for me to have at work? You know, I'm just going to pull this out of a hat and say, you know, a room to express breast milk or whatever it was that turned out not to be so important for you. You know, I was fortunate to have an office when I returned um, with my first child. So when it came to pumping, I did have a dedicated space. But I know that for a lot of women, having that space available that's, you know, a calming area where they can go to pump is really important. So no, there wasn't anything that I thought I needed that I didn't have. But, you know, I also was just very comfortable or had to get comfortable with asking if there was something I needed or was feeling uncomfortable how I was going to make a meeting work with my flexible schedule or whatever it was going to be. Just asking really, it worked out. It was just more of the concern about having to ask for what I needed. But, you know, once I got used to that, it, that was all fine. Great. Well, let me ask you the final question, which is what in your profession or in your workplace, what supports did you not have that you think new parents should have coming back to work? I think, you know, for moms specifically, I think the mother's room is huge where companies can provide that, not only because it's necessary, but it just goes so far for the women to have support in that way for those who need that. And then again, I think I was fortunate to be able to take advantage of the buddy program and the mindful return and just all these great things, milk stork, which is breast milk shipping that I did not have with my first child and was able to utilize with my second. So I think there's a number of things like that that companies should be thinking about backup child care that they can provide to support their working parents. Great. Thanks so much, Kelly. All right. Turning it over to you, Keisha, for the same set of questions. When you came back as a new working parent, what supports did you find particularly helpful? I think, you know, my organization didn't have any kind of formal programs, but really just having an open line of communication with my supervisor and my team really to set the expectations and just keep that open dialogue going as, you know, if my situation changed, that really allowed me to have that flexibility that both um, Heather and Kelly alluded to. I think the flexibility is definitely key. I, you know, consulting has an inherent amount of flexibility in it, but I really, I think I've mastered the split shift, right? I'm often checking emails at 5.30 in the morning before my kids are awake or in the evenings, you know, after the kids have gone to bed and being allowed that flexibility by my team and my supervisors, my clients um, is huge. Yeah, no, I could, there's that kind of support and that flexibility really is key. Were there any supports or 
programs at your workplace that you thought were going to be important to you as a, a new working parent that turned out just not to be that important to you? No, I really, honestly, when I was returning after my first child, I think I was kind of naive about what to expect or what to look for. And so there really wasn't anything that I thought I would need that wasn't there. All right. Excellent. And so for new parents in your profession and in your workplace coming back into the workforce, were there any sports that you did not have that you think that they should? Yes. So I think it actually goes back to before you return to work. But I think any type of paid leave or adoption assistance in my case would have made a pretty big difference. You know, as an adoptive mom, I literally took two leaves completely unpaid. So having some type of payment during that time would have been a huge help. And I love Lori's idea about the mom's playgroup. I think that as working moms, we're often somewhat isolated and not able to participate in a lot of the traditional kind of mom playgroups. And so I think that's a great kind of way to marry your working life and your mom life. Uh, those are all excellent points. And I will note that as we, well, maybe as we speak, but certainly today, the House Ways and Means Committee is holding the its first ever hearing on federal paid leave. So we'll see if anything actually gets done, but it's promising they're at least taking that step. And on that note, I will hand it back over to you, Lori. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, talking about the problem in a very public way is always a good first step to take. Okay, so talking about potential change in legislature, but also change in the profession. Keisha, let's stay with you for a minute. And I'd love to hear from you about what changes are happening in the HR industry that you think are affecting working parents these days. Absolutely. And this is just going to piggyback on kind of my last thoughts here. What I'm seeing particularly with my clients is that there is a push towards paid parental leave. I know that myself and my colleagues are implementing quite a few paid parental leave policies um, that cover both moms and dads and adoptive parents, as well as I think there's, you know, just in general, I think there's push towards having flexible work arrangements, whether that means reduced work schedules or, you know, working from home a couple of days a week or completely working remotely. So I think there's just general trends in that direction. Great. Yeah, I've seen that myself. Definitely at my own firm, the firm expanded the number of weeks of paid leave and also did away with the primary secondary caregiver distinction, which we viewed as a win because these days, you know, often both parents are equally involved and it doesn't necessarily make sense to distinguish. And so giving everybody the same leave, I think, is does a lot to promote equality. So thank you for those thoughts and comments there. Kelly, on to you. What do you see as some changes that are happening in the HR industry that are affecting working parents? I would add on to what Keisha said about the flexibility. And I think in a lot of cases, it's not focused specifically on working parents, but I think just in general, the way that companies are allowing more flexibility for their employees in terms of when they work and where they work is really a benefit, um, not just to working parents, but to, like you said, to caregivers or people that are taking care of elder parents or whatever the case may be. So that's one that I think will hopefully just continue to benefit working parents. And then 
back to what I referenced earlier about this whole self concept, you know, I think employers and with the help of the HR industry are just starting to recognize that it's not, you know, work from nine to five and home in the evenings and on the weekends, but they certainly bleed over a lot. And I really prefer the term work-life integration than balance because I don't think there's really ever a balance. It just kind of swings back and forth or like one of the other women was saying, you know, checking email first thing in the morning before your kids get up. I mean, you're just getting it done when you can. And so I think just that recognition that people bring their lives to work and they're going to bring their work home in a lot of cases, is just going to continue to help working parents be successful. Great. Yeah. I much prefer that term work-life integration or maybe just simply life also. Yeah. And I'm also a huge fan of the idea of providing flexibility to everyone, not just parents, because I think it really helps to de-parent and de-gender and de-stigmatize the flexibility as well when it's available to everyone, which raises all ships. That de-gendering, de-parenting concept is something I learned from the Diversity and Flexibility Alliance, which is an organization I'd put a plug in for, uh, for people who are looking for resources as well. All right. And uh, moving to you, Heather, what changes do you see happening in HR that are affecting working parents these days? And Lori, I think that that's a great point. Like what we're seeing more and more clients doing in terms of allowing flexibility is really moving towards outcomes. And it's not as much about when you're putting in the time or doing the actual work, but how the work's being done and are the deadlines being met or the outcomes that your clients need being achieved. And we're really seeing clients and we're encouraging clients to focus on that across the board and allotting the flexibility to everyone in order to destigmatize, but also in knowing, like we talked about before, that there's other reasons that people might need flexibility beyond just being a parent and think that that's really important. And in a marketplace right now where attracting and retaining top talent is really difficult because the labor market is tight, you know, providing that flexibility brings so many benefits and really allows for employees to be able to make commitments to employers because they've allotted them what they need in order to have that better integration, you know, within their life. Yeah, that's great. It really is a retention tool there. Wonderful. Thank you all. And back to you, Tom. Great. Thanks. You know, and I will note, and this could be a whole separate podcast. I don't want to go too far off the reservation, but it is interesting to note, you know, just thinking about the issue of workplace flexibility and the, and, you know, our, certainly everybody on the podcast today has a very unique perspective on this, but the way the workplace is changing, how many of the laws that we have are just, I mean, they're from, you know, 50, 80 years ago. I mean, it just occurs to me, you know, the Fair Labor Standards Act, not to get too wonky about this, but, you know, obviously it was during a time that you know, you brought your lunch pail to work, you showed up, you worked your eight hours, and then you went home. And, you know, I'm sure folks today or people in HR uh, have a good perspective on this, like what happens when you have somebody who's, you know, checking email at home or Slack or, you know, and taking advantage of these flexible workplace policies, which are fantastic and needed in the way the workplace is going, laws or not, you know, with, you know, these federal programs that, that require you pay people for the time that they work. And if they're checking the emails, how do you clock that? Again, we're not going to resolve this, but I just wanted to, you know, kind of throw that out there that, you know, and again, we're looking at, you know, you know, discrimination issues and, you know, the LGBTQ community is left out of a lot of this. And, 
So anyway, a topic for another day, but it just occurred to me as we were talking about workplace flexibility. All right. Well, let me ask our, you know what, and I'm going to go a little bit off reservation again on this one, just because of the unique audience we do have. You know, a lot of, because I'm in employment law, a lot of people ask me, you know, particularly in terms of how work affects families and new moms and new dads, you know, are things getting better? And I say, look, I'm not the best person to ask because I see the worst case. I mean, you know, my book is you're pregnant, you're fired. So I tend to see people in my office where things did not go well at work. And I just want to, I'm just going to throw it out to all three of you, weigh in as you want. Do you have a perspective on, are things getting better in the workplace for working families overall? This is Kelly. I'll jump in. I do think that things are getting better. I mean, of course, it is going to depend on the company and the culture and really sometimes even the individual. Unfortunately, you may be working with somebody who's not supportive. But in general, I think that there's a lot more support. I think it's just much more widely accepted that there's going to be two working parents in a household. And like Lori was saying, not not a primary and a secondary caregiver kind of setup. But I think this is referenced earlier that it's almost still harder for men because there's so much focus on moms and supporting them, especially just with the big leave and, you know, all the physical changes and things like that. But there's not as much talk about supporting the men and what they need and not always that recognition that they too need to have a reduced schedule or leave to get to daycare or the ball game or whatever it is. So I think there's work to go, but I've certainly seen that it's gotten better even in the in, you know 15 or so years that I've been working in the industry. Right. Thanks, Kelly, for those insights. Heather, Keisha, do either of you have thoughts on that? Getting better or not? I would agree with Kelly. I think that we've seen tremendous progress as we you know, and I've been in the workforce about the same amount of time. And I think that people have raised up some really important issues in saying that in order for me to come back and be successful, I really need certain supports in place in order to be able to do so. It all comes back, as Kelly was saying, to culture of organizations. And I think regardless of if you're a parent or not, you know, finding a really great organization that supports their employees and has a culture of learning and collaboration, understanding, and is driven around results and outcomes can go a long way in just building employee engagement across the board. And it really is, I think, important to note that it's a two-way street, right? In order for your organization to really support and get the needs that you have, there also has to be you know, the needs of the organization being met in terms of, you know, meeting goals and achieving results. And if there need to be changes to those or revisions or looking at them in different ways, having those conversations up front in order to set both the employee as well as the organization up for success. Great. Excellent points. Keisha, I'll let you finish up. Any thoughts on things getting better or not for parent working parents? I do see that it's getting better overall. And I think it goes back to kind of just that culture of, you know, increased workplace flexibility. And we're seeing, I see more and more clients implementing policies that are, you know, across the board for moms, dads, about anybody who has obligations outside of the workforce. And so I think I guess moms and dads are moving up into kind of executive and leadership roles. I think that gets passed down and they're, when you see, you know, an executive going, leaving early to go for a baseball game, they're setting that expectation that it's okay. 
Yeah, Keisha, I think that's a great point that as more people in leadership roles, executive roles are living that, then it's going to become um, even more acceptable and just more of the norm. Yeah, it's great to, you know, see it at the top of the pyramid, making those changes there. Well, thanks, guys. I, well, I'm glad to hear that from your perspective, things are getting better overall. And Keisha, I'm going to keep you on the hot seat just for a minute. And last round of questions here, which is, what's your number one best piece of advice for navigating life as a working parent? And then I'm going to throw on top of that, if you have a recommendation, what's your one favorite book for working parents? And what is the one piece of technology that you can't do without in terms of being a working parent? Wow. Okay. (laughs) This is going to be hard. So I think If I had to narrow it down to one piece of advice, it's to give yourself grace. Being a working parent is not easy. It's challenging. You are juggling priorities. As I said earlier in the podcast, there is no balance. And so you just have to give yourself grace. You will have sick kids. You will have deadlines. And you're going to have to juggle those. And sometimes you're going to feel like you are not doing the best that you can at one of those. And so I think just allowing yourself space to know that you're mom and you're working and you're a professional and that you're not always going to get it 100%. Trying to think of a book off the top of my head, um, but technology, I'm actually going to go old school and I'm going to say just a planner, right? So I actually find that an electronic calendar doesn't necessarily work for me, but I do keep, you know, an old school planner and I'm able to, you know, put down all of my priorities in that, both work and home. I'm going to, in addition to stealing the jungle gym analogy, I'm also going to give yourself grace. I love that, the way you put that. I think that's a a fantastic point. All right, Heather, I'm going to turn it over to you and the same set of questions. What's your number one best piece of advice for navigating life as a working parent? And if you have them, what's uh, the number one book you'd recommend to a new parent coming back to work? And what's the one piece of technology you can't do without? for work life or work life integration or just life? Yeah, I think that, you know, just like with parenting, there are days where I feel like I'm doing such a great job and I'm an amazing parent or you get the, I love you so much, mom, and your heart just melts. And then there's other days where I don't know what I'm doing. And it's very humbling, (laughs) you know, being in that role and realizing there's no roadmap that's necessarily going to work. It's taking the time to learn what my kids need and just providing love and guidance and time with them in order to do it. And I feel that's the same way with work some days now too. You know, there are some days where I'm going to feel like I achieved a lot and really moved a lot forward. And there's other days where I'm balancing a sick kid and, you know, figuring out how I can best manage and get done what I need to get done and make it happen. So there's a lot of what was just said previously that's very similar. But what I will say more than anything is having strong organizational skills and really planning and mapping not only my personal life, but my work day does a lot in order for me to really feel calm and be able to move things forward. And the final piece of that, and I read a great article when I was actually on vacation about three months ago, And it said, you know, no matter what, like take the trip, be at the game, go to the practice. Those things, you know, won't come back. 
and, and the deadline most likely can move by another day or you can build out a way to meet the deadline. But those things that you only have the opportunity to do within a certain time frame, they will go away. And so really taking the opportunity to do them, to recharge your batteries, to enjoy the moment for what it is. You know, I think that that's been one of the best articles I've read. And we really stick to that and, and make the time to go somewhere every quarter in order to take the time away and make sure that we're spending time as a family, which makes me personally a better work professional. Fantastic. That was some really great insights. All right, Kelly, I'll let you bring this one home. What's your number one best piece of advice for navigating life as a working parent? And same too, do you have a book that you would suggest for a new working parent? And is there a piece of technology that really helps you integrate your family and your work life? Okay. Well, I love what both Heather and Keisha said, but the thing that I would add to that is you are not alone. And I think it was Keisha who said earlier, sometimes being a working parent can be a little bit isolating because you don't get to go to the play groups or whatever the case may be. And you may be in a, a team or an organization where you don't see a lot of working parents or just don't know how you're going to make it work. But I think that we are all in this together and we are all figuring it out. And I'll put another plug in for Mindful Return. And Lori did not ask me to say this, but I love that course. And we speak to a book, um, her book, Back to Work After Baby, particularly the course where you are interacting with other women and hearing what they're going through, what their struggles are, what has worked for them. So just remember you're not alone. Just find your tribe, both at work and outside of work, the people that can help you and that you can help so that you can get through it together because you will. So I mentioned the book, Lori's book, but then in terms of technology, I think for me, it would be my Apple watch and I've only had it several months, but it's actually helps me to unplug more than I felt like I could before, whether it's at work, not having to carry around my phone just in case daycare calls or at home, um, not having to carry around the phone if I'm expecting a call or something. But if daycare sends a picture, I can see that and I can see when my next meeting is because I am someone who lives by my Outlook calendar. So I found the Apple Watch to be really helpful in that regard. All right. Thanks so much for all that wisdom, guys. And I'm going to expect a call from Apple to get some advertising on our program. You know, so that's great. I appreciate that, Kelly. All right, Lori, I will turn over to you and uh, we can talk about what might be coming up on the podcast. Great. Thanks so much. So I've really, really appreciated all the wisdom that the three of you have shared today. This is a really great conversation. And I wanted to reference the idea that we talked about a few minutes ago, that it is often hard for men to find these communities of support to talk about working parent issues. Um, I'll put a plug in for you know working parent groups being co-led by both a mom and a dad. And if you're thinking of launching one of these groups, be sure to do it with a mom and a dad to get engagement from you know both moms and dads in the group. We had one sort of brown bag lunch at my office where at the end of it, one of the dads said, you know, your moms have all these mom groups but this is the only place I've been able to talk about this stuff here. So my plug for the podcast is that I want you to stay tuned for our next episode, which will be featuring dad professionals in the HR field. And I'm really anxious to hear their stories as well and hear what they think the HR industry, how the HR industry looks for working dads these days. So stay tuned for that. And then, of course, stay tuned for next month where we'll be focusing on a completely different industry and getting ideas from you know, lots of different career paths and industries that we can use to cross pollinate. So thanks a lot, Tom. 
thanks for joining us for another episode of the Parents at Work podcast. Are you interested in learning more about our show, our hosts, or today's guest? Do you have a comment or question you'd like to share with the Parents at Work community? Then contact us at www.spigglelaw.com slash podcast. We'll see you next time.